0: The 150th Psalm. As you're turning there, I'm going to just pray and pray over this message before we go to the Word. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity, God, to spend a few moments in your Word. God, that you, we ask today that you speak to our hearts. God, that you speak to us clearly, that you, Lord, that we leave this place different than the way we came in. God, I thank you that your Word, you said, your Word never returns void. God, I ask for supernatural anointing today as we preach, teach, and study the Word of God. Your Word is alive; it's living and powerful. You said, "I believe that this morning." I stand on that promise that as we preach, and Your Word comes out of my mouth, that it's not my words, but it's Your words; that it's Your message; that it's Your thoughts; that it penetrates not just our minds, but down into our hearts. This morning, God, that we hear everything You have to say to us. God, that we we receive something today not from Pastor JT but from you from your spirit from your right from your Holy Spirit and God we give you all the praise all the glory in advance for what you're doing today and what you're going to say to us and we receive it by faith in Jesus name everybody said say it a little bit louder say amen. amen praise God can I hand this to you sorry I don't want it flapping around in my coat pocket One more time. Say amen. Amen. All right. In the 150th Psalm, it says this. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It says praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with string instruments and flutes. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Let everything... Here's where you come in. Here's where you and I fit into this scripture. The last verse of the book of Psalms. All 150 Psalms. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And then it says it again just to be ultra-redundant. Praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord as I said last week every single one of us we owe a praise to God We owe a praise that's where I I had several points And I only got to point number one because I had a big setup and it took a lot longer to get through the setup than I thought And I could tell everybody was in Thanksgiving mode. So I I, I harped on point one and we went home. Amen But if you go back and you look at that number one was this that praise is our purpose Praise is our purpose. We have a purpose to praise God It's part of what we do. Praise pays a debt. We all owe a debt to God. If you think about it like that, we, we, God gave us everything. I mean, can any of you imagine giving up your son, your daughter? I mean, if you have a daughter and that's your only child, giving up your daughter? Giving up your child. Now, and I know we're, we're earthly beings. We can't fathom what God's actually, uh, uh, what, what What is? I mean, I mean, you can't even fathom that. But if you were to try, if you were to try to understand what would it be like to give up your one and only son, to die for the world. I mean, he lived a perfect life, lived a perfect, Jesus lived a perfect life, took on the cross. The Bible tells us he took on sin. He took on sickness and disease and he took on poverty. He became poor so that we might become rich. This is what the Bible tells us about our, our Jesus Christ that we serve. And he did all that. The least we can do is stop every moment of every day that we can and say thank you. If you can't find anything else to thank him for, God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for salvation. I thank you, Lord. The rest of my life may be a mess, but if I were to die right now, I get to spend eternity with you. And God, I'm thankful for it. What praise does, as I said last week, it changes your focus off of you. If you're going through something today, this week, this month, this, if this has been a hard year for you and you're watching online today and you're saying, okay, what, what is, what can I do? I mean, I hear you're talking about thanking God. That's great. But what else can I do? Thank God. Thank him some more. Praise him some more. Well, why, why would you say that? Because here's what praise does it changes our focus off of me and onto the one who has the solution and has the, the, the way out of whatever I'm going through. So when I praise God, it, it, it takes my, the eyes off of the problem. We, we as a society, we, and I'm just, you know, I, I don't mean to, you know, I always try to preach in a positive manner, so I'm going to spin this to a positive in a second, but let me just say this. I'm, I hope I'm not talking about you, but just what I see, what I see in the world, what I see on social media, what I see that we're surrounded with is a society that focuses on the problem. You can even say this, that more often than not, we praise the problem. We praise the problem. We make the problem like our, I'm identified with said problem. Whatever the problem is, that's my, if, I, if that problem went away, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I wouldn't know what to talk about. I'm not talking about me. I'm just using me as an example so y'all don't get offended. I, this, is, this is what I, some, there, and there are people I know personally like that, that if God actually removed, if they would allow God to remove the problem in their life, they wouldn't know what would they talk about? Every time I talk to them, it's just this negativity, it's, it's complaining, <laughs> It's, it's problem after problem, and then this happened and that happened. And it's like, do you, I mean, can you not find something to speak positively about? Praise causes you, if you purpose to praise, if you purpose to praise, so I'm flipping it, right? We said, number one, praise is our purpose. But if I say, okay, in my life, I'm going to purpose to praise. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be purposeful in praising God today. And then I'm going to be purposeful in praising God tomorrow. What does that mean? That means I'm going to thank him. I'm going to open my mouth. Don't just think it. Let it come out of your mouth. Let your kids hear it. Let your spouse hear it. Let your coworkers hear it. God, I thank you. I thank you. Don't be embarrassed. Don't worry about what, whoever hears it. I mean, you can work and say thank you. You know, I heard this this week as I was studying for this message. I heard another man of God say this, and I thought it was great. When you pray, the Bible tells us in James that you can pray amiss. In other words, you can pray incorrectly. You can pray, you know, there's a lot of conditions to prayer. When you pray, you need to f- make sure that you don't have any unforgiveness in your heart. When you pray, you need to make sure that you believe at the moment that you pray. You know, th- th- there are conditions that we need to meet with prayer. Jesus said after he um, were, was going to die and, 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 and uh, go to the cross, Be raised again. He said this. He said, in that day, you need to ask in my name. You need to ask in my name. In other words, you pray to the Father in Jesus' name. If you didn't know that, that's how you should pray. To the Father, you start your prayer with, dear Heavenly Father. You put your request before God. And then you end it with, in Jesus' name, amen. It's like if you were to write a letter, put it in the envelope, and seal it. The stamp is in Jesus' name. You can write the letter, you can seal it, you can put it in the mailbox, but without that stamp, the post office is gonna leave it right there. In Jesus' name is important. So there's all these conditions to prayer. You can actually pray wrong. You can pray wrong. But did you know? I had never thought of this until this week. You cannot praise incorrectly. There's no no conditions that I can find in the Bible, and he said it himself. I've studied the Bible. I've read the Word. I'm like, you know what? He's right. I cannot think of any time where we're told, uh, I mean, there's there's different ways listed to praise. But you're never instructed that if you praise this way, that's wrong. That, That means that any one of us in this room, any one of us can open our mouth and say, God, I thank you. And God receives that. That's correct praise. You know, some people say, oh, well, you know, you've got you to gotta dance. Well, dancing is a form of praise. You've got to shout. Shouting is a form of praise. You've got to jump, leap, and dance. That's a form of praise. We, we uh, see that in the Bible where, where people got healed and they went, the Bible says they went jumping and leaping and praising God. That, that's part of praise. You can lift your hands. Part of praise. You can shake your hands. Part of praise. Uh, um, you can uh, just say thank you. Part of praise. But we're never instructed, man, if you do it this way, that's wrong. So why am I telling you that this morning? Because every single one of us should be finding a way in our daily routine, in our, in our day-to-day activities. Take a moment and thank your Heavenly Father. Amen. Just find something to thank Him for. Find God, I thank you for the air in my lungs. You said let everything that has breath, I have breath and I want to praise you. I just want to thank you today. Before I go to work, God, I thank you that I have a vehicle to get there. Or if I don't have a vehicle, I thank you that I got a, a bus to ride. Or if I don't have a bus to ride, I couldn't pay the ticket, I thank you that I got two feet and I can walk. I, well, I don't have a job. Well, thank God that you have the ability to get one. Do you know how to fill out an application? We have public internet. We have public libraries. I, I mean, there, you can go and you can access that stuff. You can go get books, read knowledge, and grow. You, listen, listen. We, we, this is why I get frustrated with, and and I'm not trying to hate on on everything today. I'm not trying to be a hater today, but I get frustrated when I hear stuff like, you know, oh, well, you know, just, just when, well, I know if, uh, this week when things go bad, people say this stuff, when things go bad, well, you're setting your expectation on bad already. You're setting your expectation on bad already. You're expecting things to go bad. I don't expect things to go bad. You know why? Because I serve a good God. Now, can things go bad? I mean, sure. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. That means that as I go through life, I know that afflictions will come. But I, I like the second part of that verse. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But my God shall deliver me from them all. So what am I doing as I'm praising I'm ch- I'm changing my focus from hey uh, There's problems. There's problems galore. If you look for problems, you can find them Come on If you look for problems, you can find them. you and I could go to the same restaurant and 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 I could go and I could try to be Real positive. I could find everything good. Well, you know uh, um, the, the seat was comfortable and I really like the spacing in the, in the restaurant. I like the, uh, uh, I, I didn't feel, um, have you ever been in those, uh, you get set in a booth, and I'm not, I'm not fat, but I have started to gain a little weight. And uh, I don't like it when I'm like sitting at the table, like the table's like right here. Like I like to be able to move it. Anybody else but me? I, I, I see like a couple people shaking their head. You know, so like, hey, I like it. And I can find things that are positive at the restaurant. And then somebody else could go and find everything negative. Well, I just think there was just too much space. There's just too much space there. I like the table to be real close. You know what I'm saying? You can just find things to complain about. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything bad with having preferences. But, but I can take my preferences and allow them to be positive or I can allow them to be negative. I can be a complainer or I can, I can, be, uh, uh, I can be positive. I can be thankful. Praise changes your perspective. So praise changes our posture. I said that last week, I think. That's one of my favorite statements, so I I say it a lot. I'm pretty sure I said it last week. If I didn't, write it down. I'm saying it today, amen. What do I mean by that? Praise changes your posture. Instead of looking down at your problem, it causes you to look up at God. Instead of being slumped over like the third man on the left on the evolution chart, Looking down, look up. The Bible says this. It says, look up to where your help comes from. Your help comes from the Lord. It does not come from down here. You're not going to find solutions to your problems by looking down on there. Look up to heaven. Look up to where your help comes from. Look up to where God is saying, I got you. I see you. You know what the Bible says? That there is no problem you face God is not unaware of. The Bible says he knows our problems before we even face them. He said in Philippians, I know the needs you have. I know the needs you have. He knows of your need. So what, 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 why then does he set the system up? Number one, he wants you to ask him. God wants you to be reliant on him. I rely on God to get through life. That's what I'm talking about. I, I have plans for what to do with the money when we sell our house. My wife and I, we've talked about it. It's our money. We're, on the, we're getting on the same page about it. But, but we can go and make that decision this is what a lot of us do. Make that decision. Determine, okay, we're going to sell the money. We're going to sell it this time of year. We're going to take the money. We're going to do X, Y, and Z with it. Then ask God to bless it. And if he blesses it, then I praise him. This is typical, modern, societal things that we do. But I'm challenging all of us, me included, to not do that. That before I start dating said person, I'm not dating anybody, by the way, I'm married, happily married. I switched, but I realized I might have switched too quickly from house to dating. So let me step back. I'm, do, I'm going with a different analogy, everybody, okay, different analogy. There was the house analogy now, but let's talk about dating. Let's talk about your, your career. Before you jump in and sign the agreement and, and change your career, before you just quit your job, before you, why don't, why don't we pray and ask God that I'm dependent on him? Here's what, here's where we, we normally miss it. This is what I was trying to get to last week is in second Chronicles, right? We t- we saw them praise God until they saw their miracle. So I'm going to ask God, number one, now I'm relying on Him. God's going to help me. God's going to show me what, when to sell the house, show me when to, what to do with the money. God's going to show me uh, uh, about my career. God's going to show me about who I should date. God's going to show me. God's going to reveal to me. Then I'm going to praise Him until I see it. I'm going to thank God until I see it. I'm not going to wait and thank God at the end of it. I'm not going to wait and thank God when I finally get what I'm believing for. As a matter of fact, I challenge you with this. Make your praise the biggest before you get it. That by the time you get it, you're, you're excited, you're happy, but whatever it is, but when you get in that moment, you're excited, but I was already praising God for this. I was already thanking God for this. I've already been thankful for months. I've already been thankful for years. I've already been, see, your, your, your uh, um, perspective changes. That was my second little setup point here. I haven't even gotten to my main point still. I'm still on sub points of number one. Praise changes your perspective. My perspective has to change. That I see God as the solution bringer and I I realize he's the one that's going to get me there. So praise changes my perspective. You know, you, you have to realize, turn to James 1. I'm going to, I'm going to, if we don't get to the rest of the points, it'll be okay. I want to follow the Lord and what I believe he has me, will have me to say today. If you beat me there on the screens, I got it. James chapter one, let's see if I can find it here. This one will be blessed in what he does. This man will be blessed in what he does. What do we need to do? We need to not just be uh, uh, aware that, hey, you know what? God likes for me to praise him. I need to actually do it. I I need to actually make it a part of my lifestyle. Well, what, what do I have to be thankful for? I've already given you like 20 things. Just the, the fact that you're alive. If your whole life is a mess, I said this last week, if you've lost something this year, it's because of God you haven't lost everything. God, I thank you that I still have X, Y, and Z. And Lord, I don't know how I'm going to overcome this situation, but you do. So God, I'm going to thank you for it right now. I'm going to thank you for it right now. You know, you don't actually have to beg God. He hears you when you pray. Just pray, put it before God, and praise Him until you see it. Be perpetual in your praise. Be perpetual in your praise. Be perpetual. You, you don't. Your prayer, God hears it. It's already before God. He's on it. If you believed it when you asked Him, the Bible says it's done. So you're, by faith, I say, all right, that thing's already done. Whatever it is, I ask God. So what do I do in the meantime? What do I do while I'm waiting? I praise him. I thank him. Going back to my story from last week, you might need to go watch the message if you're new and you missed it. It was a good one. And I covered all of 2 Chronicles 20. And, and, and that's such a good story because when they pray, prayed, they asked God to help them fight the three armies. God gave them a word At the moment they began to praise, the Bible says. Actually, I'm going to give you another point. Ready? Y'all ready? We're going to get to two points today. Praise God. (laughs) I like to have fun in church. If you're new, you got to laugh today. I like to have fun in church. Church is not supposed to be stiff. Amen. This is, I'm going to come back to the rest of the points, but this is number five, okay? Number five, praise puts a stop to the attack. Praise puts a stop to the attack. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 22 through 30. Now, when they began to sing and praise, some translations say at the moment they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people, their enemies, the three enemies who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. They were defeated because at the moment they began to praise. Now, what I said last week is so important. They praised until they saw it. God had already taken care of it. God had already already put an ambush against the enemies. God had already set all that in motion. God already had the solution and the the, the uh, um, uh, had provided for them exactly what they asked for. They wanted a way out. God gave it to them. They did not see it until they praised all the way to the victory point. Don't be perpetual in your praise. Amen. Amen. All right. Number two. Praise reminds you of God's goodness. Praise reminds you of God's goodness. Praise reminds you of God's goodness. I want to read another verse to you. Are you still there in James 1? Go to verse 17. Actually, verse 16. James chapter 1, verse 16. Praise reminds you of God's goodness. If you think that what you're going through... This will help you today. Especially, you know, if you've never heard a message like this, you you have to understand one foundational principle. That the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy from your life. And so, if you're wondering, well, how can I praise God for the thing that, you know, I heard that God put this on my life to teach me a lesson. Well, if you don't understand where bad comes from, I'm going to show you in, in, right here in James chapter 1. If you don't understand where bad comes from, then you'll, you'll, you'll be missing in your praise because who, who wants to think? I mean, if somebody at your, at your job backstabs you, talks about you, how many of you go the next day when you hear about it from the boss and you get written up and whatever happens and you didn't actually do anything wrong, but you know that Bob... Ran you under the ground. He, he was the one that actually did wrong, but he threw you under the bus, and you got in trouble. How many of you go to work the next day and say, Bob, thank you, man? Bob, listen, bro, thank you for that. I really wanted to get written up this week. Thank you for making it happen, dude. You are the man. Hey, everybody, give it up for Bob. Woo! Oh, man, Bob, everybody. I'm getting a cake for Bob. Everybody lunches on me, and we're taking Bob to lunch. No. You avoid Bob at all costs because you're trying to say saved and not cuss him out. I'm just trying to I, listen. I, I may work in a church now, but I worked in a secular job. I know how it goes. You, people will cut your throat, stab you in the back like that. You're not thankful for that. That's why you have to know when you go through something in life. Now, now God will, will use whatever. He'll test your faith He'll test your faith. Do you believe in me? Do you trust in me? But he doesn't use situations like sickness. He doesn't put cancer on somebody. God doesn't have cancer. He can't put cancer on somebody. He cannot do it. Cancer comes from the devil. And you know how I know that? Because in Revelation, we see that the devil, at the end times, the devil will be locked up for a thousand year reign. When the devil's locked up and we rule this earth as believers, the Bible says that on this earth, on this earth, planet we're living on right now, zero sickness, zero disease, zero problems will exist when the devil's locked up. Tell me where it comes from. Then look at this verse, James 1. It starts in verse 16. Do not be deceived. Look how clear James is being. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. One translation, I like how it says it: it says, God does not change like shifting shadows. If you go outside right now and look at a shadow, you mark it, you outline it, where that shadow is, in five minutes it will be different. In an hour it'll be totally different. In 24 hours it'll be back the same because it went all the way in a circle and came back. It changes constantly. In the Bible, James is drawing a a, a juxtaposition to, hey, shadows change constantly. You cannot trust them, but you can trust our good, good father. You can totally trust him because he's good. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. Now, look, of his own, of his own will. He brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be kind, uh, a kind of first fruits of his creatures. We were made after his image and likeness. That's what Genesis tells us. The other verse that I was quoting was John 10, 10. And it tells us the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and may have it more abundantly. So what do we learn from all this? Well, if praise is part of my life, it reminds me of God's goodness because I'm not going to thank him for bad things. The Bible says to be in everything. First Thessalonians, in everything give thanks. It does not say give thanks for everything. It does not say give thanks for everything. In everything give thanks. So what are you thanking him for? When the devil attacks, get your hands up. Get your mouth open. Begin to praise God when all hell is breaking loose. God, I thank you, Lord. I praise you right now that you're going to make a way where there is no way. You're going to get me right out of this situation. You're going to you're going to provide a way. If you listen, praise also reminds you of what God's already done. If you don't have a personal testimony, use testimonies from the Bible. It really helps. God, you brought your people right through the Red Sea on dry land, and then you drowned their enemies. If you did that for them, you'll do that for me. Just use testimonies like that. Use stories from the Bible. God, if you healed them, you'll heal me. You think Jesus loved the people on the earth when he walked with them more than he loved you? So that's why they get healed and you. No, healing is for everybody. God doesn't want you sick, he does not want you sick, not one minute. If he did, then there would be sickness in heaven. I mean, right? Now, some people come to heaven, they'll be perfect. But other people who are really bad, they go to the sick quarters, and they're like that for eternity. It's not in the Bible. You go to heaven, you're perfect. We live on an earth where Adam and Eve screwed it up. And because of what they did, they sold out their birthright to the devil. And gave him dominion. The Bible calls the devil the God of this world. Lowercase g, the God of this world. That's what the Bible says. So I have to understand what I'm up against. I'm not up against God. God is not my enemy. I I don't know if you can get any more clearer. James 1.16 said, do not be deceived. Because he was dealing with, read the whole chapter. He was dealing with people back then who thought the same thing that what they're going through. He actually said, if you lack wisdom, ask it. In the beginning of that chapter, if you lack wisdom, ask it. Ask God for wisdom. Because God gives liberally to everyone who asks. God, show me how to get out of this. And I can ask you because you didn't get me in it. But you're the one that will get me out of it. Romans 8, 28, God works all things for the good. He works all things for the good. Even what the devil means for harm. It's up to us how long we stay in the mess. And praise will help you get out of it. It it changes your posture, it changes your perspective, it breaks number three, praise breaks bondage. Praise breaks bondage. Isaiah 61 3 says this put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Spirit of heaviness. You you listen, uh I got these quotes. There might be a little bit old quotes, uh, old statistics, but I think this will help put us in perspective. So in in other words, it may actually be worse today. But these are the best quotes or the best statistics that I could find that had everything I was looking for. America consumes 80% of the world's pharmaceuticals. America consumes 80% of the world's pharmaceuticals. The majority of those drugs... This is back in 2015. The majority, over 50 percent, it finally in 2015 uh, became the most used drug. I'm talking about prescription drug, pharmaceuticals, was antidepressants. They, they say they say that America today, by by the the standards of a, of a um, uh, psychologist and things like that that America is more clinically depressed today than during the times of the Great Depression. Now, now wrap your head around that. Does that make any sense? I mean, come on. I can get on my phone and order a filet mignon and have Uber Eats deliver it to my driveway. I I can... have, I have at my fingertips, literally on my phone and my iPad, have at my fingertips a, a world of information, a world of entertainment. We spend more time on Netflix trying to figure out what to watch than actually watching something. Anybody else? What do, what do we have to be depressed about? It's the devil's agenda to get you focused on all of your little problems. I'm not saying you don't have problems. I'm not trying to take away from somebody who has genuinely fought depression in their life. I, I, I had, there was a moment in my life where I had because I'm a very happy guy, you get around me, I'm, I'm serious and I'm in the zone a lot, but I'm a happy guy and I'll go from being in the zone, right? <laughs> I'll go from being in the zone to cracking a joke the next minute. I actually, to tell you the truth, I actually enjoy the like, like pressure. I work really well under pressure. So that's just, it's just me, but I'm enjoying myself. I'm, I'm happy. I, I, I enjoy um, like production and media and all that kind of stuff. I enjoy it. I enjoy, I'm happy. I'm, I, I love it. I love it. But there was a period of time where I, I something came on me. And I know what happened. I got focused on one problem in my life, and I magnified it. And, and, this, and, and I believe, because the Bible says don't give place to the devil. I believe that gave place to the devil. And I don't know if it was depression or not. But if I've ever felt like I had depression on me, it was during that time, and so I, I don't try to placate the fact that depression's not real. I'm not trying to say that. What I'm trying to say is is that the root of it is from the devil, and that what he wants to do is have you so focused on your problems, have you so focused on what's going on around you that you forget you serve a good good God, that you get so depressed that I, I don't even know, I mean, this is, this is, I've heard people say it. Plenty of people say it in this church and in the years of ministry before I became a pastor here. I don't know how I can get out of this. I don't know a way out. I don't know what to do. Things statements like that. And, and I want to help you. This is not a condemning thought. I want to change your perspective today. You ready? That is a st- those statements are statements of doubt and unbelief. They're not statements of faith. So when you say things like that, it actually feeds the devil, feeds the depression, because you're, you're not having faith in the God who's able to bring you out of the situation. So, so how can you word it then? Because like, sometimes, literally, Pastor, I don't know. Okay, I get it. Say it this way. Put it on you. I may not know how to overcome the situation, but God does. That is a statement of faith. I don't know. I, I say it all the time. God, I don't know. I, I, when I, this is what I do now. When I get a problem, I go pray, and I'll put it up. Right, Lord, you saw what happened today. You saw that result, or you saw that note, or you saw the, whatever, whatever it is. You heard that phone call, whatever it was. Now, God, I, I really have no idea what to do, but you do. And that's about as negative as I let myself get. It's just just making it clear, God, I am trusting in you. I don't know, but you do. And so my faith is in you. And then I work my hardest to fight my flesh. The Bible says to put your flesh, Paul said this, put your flesh under subjection. There are times where you have to talk to your flesh. I am not going to let myself talk like that. I am not going to let myself... Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, go down that path. Go down that rabbit hole. Where does it end? You you can go one of two ways. God, you have the solution. I can go up that way and climb that ladder or I can slide down the slippery path of I don't know. I'll never get out. I'll never survive. I'll never... I mean, my mom had this and my dad had that where's your expectation? See, this is why praise is so important. And then if you make it a part, I also want to encourage you this, make it a part of your prayer life. So like when you actually pray, do this. This will really help you. When you go to pray to God, make a praise sandwich. Make a praise sandwich. Because the Bible says, it says uh, to, to come with all types of prayer. Praying always, Ephesians, praying always with all types of prayer. Supplication. It says that. Okay, so what what type of prayer? What's prayer? Prayer is just spending time with God, sure. But part of prayer is actually supplication. Heartfelt, earnest requests. Requesting things from God. God, I need X, Y, and Z. God, I need your help here. So what am I going to do? I'm going to praise him at the beginning of my prayer. So I open up. The Bible says, enter his courts with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with praise. Uh, um, we're also told that God inhabits the praises of his people. God actually lives in your praise. And when you praise God, you're starting your time of prayer with God coming in, with God's presence coming in. Well, doesn't God live in us? Yes, the Holy Spirit resides in you, but we're we're, we're told all throughout the Bible that God's presence also comes upon the believers. Upon, upon, upon. Well, how does his presence come? Praise him, just try it. Try it this week. If you've got 15 minutes of prayer time, an hour of prayer time, whatever it is, take it and spend it in praise. Don't ask for anything this week and see how much different you feel. But if you need to ask for something, here's how you do it. Start with praise. Thank him for what he has done. Start with that. God, I thank you for what you have done. Find find personal testimonies. If you need to write them down so you don't forget them, write them down. God, I thank you for this. I thank you for, I, you know, if you're praying about your job, start with the fact, praising God that you have a job. Yeah, if you're having issues with your spouse and you really need God to help you with your spouse, like you're on the brink of divorce, thank God that you have a spouse. Then, once you get through time of praise and you can sense God's presence, then slip into putting your request before him. Put the request before, God, I, here's what I need. Put, the, put it before him. The Bible says to lay it at his feet. Now, if you lay a problem at God's feet, do me a favor. Don't pick it back up. The Bible says, cast all your cares. If you've ever been fishing, the point of fishing is to cast it, and you only reel it back in. Well, you have to reel it back in, obviously, to get it back, but the hope is to reel it back in with a fish on the hook. Well, many of us are that, that we do that with 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 our life is we cast. We cast our problems on God. The Bible says, cast all your cares on him and we cast it and then we reel him back in. With no solution attached, just bringing the problem right back. (sighs) Oh, nope. Don't give time for God to, nope. And you just bring the problem right back. So, what am I going to do? I'm going to praise. I'm going to put it before God, put it laid at his feet, cast all my cares. Then I'm going to end it, the bottom of the sandwich, the bottom bun, praise. So what am I praising for then? What he's going to do. God, I thank you that you're going to make this happen. God, I thank you that somehow, some way, God, I thank you that this may even happen in a way I don't even know. You know, sometimes you think like, oh, God will do it this way. And then you realize one day you're standing in what you prayed for. And you're like, God didn't even do it the way I thought. Because your eyes were looking a certain way. You got to look past all that. You got to look past. God's going to do it how he's going to do it. God is God all by himself. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need uh, worldly, earthly method, methods. All he needs is him. The Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Number four, praise keeps you willing and obedient. If you're wondering how long I'm going to preach, I'm almost done. <laughs> praise keeps you willing and obedient. Isaiah 1, 19 and 20. If you are willing... And obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, if you have a Bible that you can highlight or underline, please underline that. If you refuse and rebel, praise keeps you from refusing and rebelling. If you purpose to praise, it'll keep you from refusing and rebelling. Then all you have to do is work on the first part. If I'm willing and obedient. So what happens if I refuse and rebel, I'll be devoured by the sword. But if I'm willing and obedient, I'll eat the good of the land. You know, you can't just be obedient. Some of us are, some of us are obedient. We're, we obey God, but aren't we willing? Is our heart right? Is my heart in the moment that, man, see, praise keeps your heart condition right. Praise keeps your heart conditioned, right? It keeps your heart focused on on the, man, God, you already did all this for me. I I know I don't feel like going to church on Sunday, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You said to not forsake assembling together, even as the day approaches, meaning the end of times. Well, I tell you what, if y'all don't know it, the end times are coming. We're in them. And and, and your word says to do that. So, so God, I'm going to, I'm going to gather. I'm going to get plugged into a local church. I, I know I got hurt in the last church, but God, I thank you for giving me a good church, like this one, where I'm not going to get hurt, where I'm not going to get hurt again, and where God, God, you're going to feed me, and you're going to help me grow, and you're going to help my kids grow, and my relationship's going to grow, and it keeps your heart, keeps your heart conditioned on God. God, I'm, gonna, I'm, not, get, I'm not just going to obey, but I'm going to do it willingly. God, I will happily, we teach our kids that. Obey quickly and happily. Obey quickly and happily. Some of us could serve to do that with God. Well, I I know what I need to do to change my finances. I need to give. The Bible says to give and then God will give back to me. I know. I know I need to do it. Then, Then be willing and obedient. Some of us are willing, but we haven't obeyed. Be willing and obedient. Number five, I already told you praise puts a stop to the attack. Number six, praise provokes blessing. At the end of 2 Chronicles 20, the story that I read to you last week, they took three days to gather all of the spoils from their praise. Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18. Once God has blessed you, that's the time to be careful. It was not, listen, it's not the strength of your own hand that got you where you, where you are. And in Deuteronomy, we're told that, that, that we need to, to be thankful once God, so God provokes blessing. I mean, uh, praise provokes blessing. Praise provokes blessing. You know, God, and I say this all the time about my kids. When my kids are, 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 are uh, uh, loving on me, Daddy, you're awesome. You're great. I want to do anything I can for them. I want to do anything I can for the praise does that. Praise keeps you. You know, I, I, listen. God is not a vending machine, and I'm not saying that. You don't. You don't manipulate God with your praise. I'm not saying that. You don't. It, it, that doesn't work, by the way. That doesn't work. But I can also trust the fact. That if I am thankful for what God has done and what he is doing, what he's going to do, and I live a life of perpetual praise, and I purpose to praise in my life, and I make it a point that this is going to be a part of who I am, I'm not going to be a complainer. I'm not going to be negative. I'm going to live in joy. I'm going to praise him all the days of my life. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Well, I've got breath, and I'm going to praise him. I can stand on the fact that blessing will come. Because it's all throughout the Bible. Not only, not, this is so good. Not only did God protect them from the three massive armies in 2 Chronicles 20. Not only were they protected. Not only did God take care of the enemy, abolish it for them. When they got there, they didn't even have to fight. The battle is not mine, it's the Lord's. Not only that. Think about how good God is. Not only that, but when they got there, can you imagine getting there? They're singing, they're playing trumpets and all that and Judah came, the the, the praisers came first so they came first and they're like, yo, look and they start spreading, because they had a big army too so the word had to spread all the way back. And by the time the whole army got there, never had to lift a sword, never had to fight, then spent three days, three days collecting the spoils. God will not, when you have a life of praise, when you purpose to praise, God will not only protect you from harm's way, not only bring you out of whatever you're facing, but He'll bless you. He'll bless you. And blessing's not always money, it's not always a check, it's not always cash. It can be anything a safe home. Your car, you know, I, 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 it, I can't even get the words out. Every, not every day, I guess, but all the time I see and hear stories of of things that happen to people. And again, you can look at it two ways. You can be like, oh man, look at this terrible situation. You can say, thank God that wasn't me. Thank God that my, you know, when I see a car broken down on the side of the road, I pass one here on the way and I feel bad for them. I don't know what happened, but thank God that wasn't me. Thank God my car, all four wheels are on. I saw, I saw a car, that car was this morning. Yesterday I saw a car, and the whole wheel, I don't know, like, I don't know what happened. I don't know how your wheel would fall off that way. But thank God it wasn't my wheel. I followed college football, as you could tell from my precursor to my sermon. And uh, University of Virginia had three football players, brutally murdered. And I, I, my heart goes out to them. I prayed for them and their, for their families, for the school, for the football team. But thank God it wasn't my family. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 how you, you purpose your life and your, your perspective matters. And so by me staying focused on, well, thank God for that he saved me. He's kept me. And I'm going to stay in, in, in a place of praise and thanksgiving. Number seven. Actually, I want to read one more thing. Proverbs 13, 21 and 22 proverbs 13 21 and 22 evil pursues sinners but to the righteous good shall be repaid to the righteous good shall be repaid a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous you know they say wickedness pays you know you ever make you mad like seeing somebody you know they're not serving god and you know they're not living right, and like, why, why did they get blessed? Why do they have all that money, or whatever it is, or why do they have all, they, they, they seem happy, they look happy, but I promise you that the Bible is true, and wickedness has its result. Not serving God has, it, has its result, but here's what I want to tell you this morning. Righteousness pays better. Righteousness pays better. It pays much better to serve God. It pays, the, the, uh, Jesus said this, he said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I, I, I can take the easy, the easy route and go the world's method, and go. The, but if I choose God's method, see, see, that's another lie the devil likes to tell people, is always, oh, oh, it's hard to be a Christian. Oh, and it's never been harder to be a Christian in today's world. You know, actually, I don't find that to be true. I really don't. I'm not just making it up because I'm preaching the sermon and I'm the one with the microphone today. I'm being, I'm being serious. I do not find that to be true. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I serve God with every fiber in me, with everything I can. And, and God takes care of me. He takes care of my family. He takes care of us. Sure, I mean, things happen, but I don't have an expectation for them. And when they do, my expectation shifts as fast as I can shift it to God, you've got a way to get us out of this. I told you the story a few months ago or a month ago or so now, our insurance, I got the letter. I mean, we were about to have no homeowner's insurance. God fixed it in a day and 15 minutes. Once I asked him for help and I got over my little pity party and actually started doing what I'm preaching to you today, 15 minutes, done. And God does stuff like that all the time. Something not that I, I got the letter, but God got me through it. Number seven. Actually, stand up on your feet. So I, I'm wrapping up. If you come help me, Brother Darrell. I'm going to read number seven to you as you stand up on your feet. Number seven. Praise positions you. Praise positions you. Praise keeps you in position for what God wants to do next in your life. Praise keeps you in position. Psalm 34, one, 1 and 2. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Number Verse 1 said this. I will bless the Lord when? At all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I want you to say this with me. I'm going to have you just repeat a couple things as we wrap up. Say this. Say, I will... Praise God continually. I will thank God daily. Praise shall continually be in my mouth. My God is for me and not against me. He's with me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and his glory in Christ Jesus. I'm going to praise him for those blessings today and every day. I'll praise him till I see it. I'll praise him till it comes into my life. God is for me. So I'm going to live like I believe it. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in this room today and you say, "God, man, I want that kind of relationship with God.